Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome back to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm glad that you're joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game and improve your capabilities in the world of talent development. Today is our bonus Q&A conversation with Susan Mason of Susan Mason Consulting. And if you haven't yet listened to our last conversation where I talk with Susan about the issue and challenge around hiring formerly incarcerated talent and some of the discrimination that's going on by organizations and governmental organizations organizations that are keeping people from working in our workforce, go back and check that out because it is really eye-opening, something that you know I haven't thought much about and probably many others haven't thought about either if you haven't dealt with this issue, but really some great information in there and some things that we can start talking about and thinking about and bringing to the executives and leaders in our organization if we want to make some changes and start hiring more talented people who have been incarcerated long in the past and done their time, so to speak. Today is our bonus Q&A conversation. We're going to ask Susan a few more questions about her own career and what she's seeing in the world of DEI and talent development. And Susan, we'll start with this. You've had an interesting career, right? You've talked a little bit about some of the jobs you've had, some of the jobs you would have liked to have, but you couldn't get because of your your record of being incarcerated, right? When you think back across your career so far and all the things you've done, what would you say has been your greatest accomplishment or proudest moment so far? Done some cool stuff. I've gotten to do some really cool things. I got to brief uh, Secretary Buttigieg. That was cool. I developed a, a program called the Partnering for an Inclusive Workforce Project, and it's a set of tools and strategies for organizations to operationalize their commitments to fair chance hiring. That includes writing a hiring manual called the Get Fit Guide. Fit is formerly incarcerated talent. I developed workshops and convenings for you know HR uh, departments and also C-suite executives. I have. Uh, done a report on the background check industry and the reforms that I think need to happen there. I've been busy. Yeah, you've done a lot <laughs> oh, of stuff. Um, and also, uh, real quick, I've also, I'm a subject matter expert on the collateral consequences of a conviction and the regulatory and occupational licensing barriers. And I developed a waiver for regulatory agencies to use to be able to waive the rules around people that are otherwise qualified for roles in heavily regulated sectors. Mm, okay. You have accomplished a lot of things. You do have a lot of things to be proud of. The flip side of that is I want to ask you, maybe other than your conviction long ago, which I'm sure was not something that you're necessarily proud of, but what's been one of your biggest mistakes or failures in your career so far? And what did you learn from it? Oh, let's see. I would say just the fear of what people think in the early days, right? So like, so for years in the beginning, I always talked about the fact that I was a drug addict. I did not talk about the fact that I had been to prison. There was so much shame around that. If mm. I had to talk about it in an interview, I would. I really was ashamed of that. And then eventually I was like talking to my friend Phoebe Crawford and she's like, what? Why? Right? Like you've been out for so long. You've done all this stuff. Why are you still ashamed? That's on them. Mm. And I, she's right. You know, at what point am I going to, if I want people to have, let us move on, then I need to move on from this, right? Like it happened. 
I did my time. I've done everything that's been asked of me to move on. And why can't I like be out about it? Why do I have to keep that a secret? Mm-hmm. Right? Like most of it is because I'm afraid of the backlash, you know, people grabbing their purses or something. It's like, honey, I don't want your purse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like that kind of like, you know, reaction. And, and the yeah. thing about it, I realized was that as a person that is in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction, I want people to know I've been through that so that they know that whoever that they have in their life that's struggling with it, ha- there's a direct pass from them they to can me. Get through it too. Right? Yeah. right. And so same thing with having been formerly incarcerated, people move on with their lives. I can't stay in the closet for you anymore. And you need to see what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like this and doing a lot of productive things, which is, which is fantastic. I usually ask, you know, I usually have guests who work in talent development directly and ask about the challenges and trends that you're seeing. Maybe we'll shift this, talk a little bit more about DEI and being more inclusive. You know, you talked about the work that you're doing and having organizations think more openly and be more inclusive about the talent that they're hiring. What's one of the biggest challenges you see around DEIB and raising awareness to this in organizations? I would say the backlash right now in a, in the U.S. There's been some pretty serious stuff going on, like with the Supreme Court and, and all of that. And I think that there, people are trying to undo things, that some progress that we've made, which makes it difficult to also have a conversation about formerly incarcerated talent because people are like, hey, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to respond to these crises. And I totally understand. But the crises are hand in hand, right? So, yeah, if we want to advocate, advocate for diversity, then we need to advocate for inclusion and equality. Absolutely. What's a trend in this space that you're following that you're excited about right now? A trend. I like the belonging piece, right? There's all kinds of different ways of belonging. I think that one of the things that is happening in, especially in corporate America, is that we're supposed to be cookie cutter and we're not. Right. And so, like, I understand that there are things that, you know, are not for work, but there's also like this idea of belonging and being able to say, hey, you know, this is part of my identity. This is part of who I am without backlash, mm-hmm. right? With a sense of, oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, tell me more. Or that's interesting. You're welcome here. Right. And so creating this this space where people are able to say, hey, I'm actually really struggling with a parent who has dementia and things are getting bad and it's all falling on me and I'm struggling and right. You can bring that to work and, and people can say, Oh, well, let me like, see if I can support you while you're navigating all that. Right. Like I love that type of, you know, culture where we are really talking about the fact that people's outside lives do affect their work lives and Mm. vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Susan, has there been a book or a TED talk that's made a big impact for you or that you often recommend or you've been excited about recently? I always recommend the new Jim Crow to everybody so they understand mass incarceration, but I brought two. And if you haven't read the 1619 Project, I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. And then I'm also a member of the Nation Swell Council, which I love. And I was at an event and they handed out this book called Awe. Mm. And it's about... Uh, the new science of everyday wonder and how it can transform your life. And like, we live in this age where 
Like everything's available to us 24 seven and we kind of lose our sense of awe and wonder. And this book really grounds me back in, you know, that kind of childlike, Ooh, Mm. Oh, wow. Right. And so I really liked, I like being put back into that space. Yeah. I like that. Um, for anyone, you know, I usually ask people in talent development about their best career advice for others in talent. And I'm sure you have some some great advice there as well. And I want to shift that a little bit to say for anybody who is looking to make a difference, start a movement, a nonprofit, you know, they see a challenge going on in the world, whether it's the one that you are addressing or maybe something other in the DEI space, what piece of advice do you have to help them get going and, and make an impact? Yeah, I, so I'm a big fan of mentors. So get a mentor three, right? So like when I made the leap from the West Coast to the East Coast and then merging my nonprofit with another nonprofit and then starting a consulting business, I knew I needed support. And so I reached out to several people. Chris McCormick was one of them, Mm. right? And I said, hey, I need a mentor. Can you, you know, would you consider it? It's like, absolutely. And we've been meeting regularly for like a year and a half now, right? And so I think that, you know, get mentors that have done what you've done or have what you want, right? So like professionally and personally and how they manage people or how they manage their emotions or how they have, you know, been through whatever or how they've gotten to Mm -hmm. where they've gone. Because you can go get an education and you can go get the licenses and you can go do the, you know, file your 501c. You can do all that fun stuff, but who's supporting you, right? Who's on your team that you can say, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this, you know, and somebody can say, well, here's your next three things to do. Don't worry about that whole big thing. Why don't you just do these three things, right? And like, I can't tell you how invaluable that's been for me. Love it. I love that. I love and I, I've benefited so much from having mentors over the years yeah. as well, you know, officially mentors that I've hired and paid or coaches as well as just great people I've met who have taken me under their wing and given me advice. Both are fantastic. And I'm glad that you've had some mentors to help you. I love that advice. And Susan, I want to thank you again for for coming on and sharing your wisdom and enthusiasm. I know people can reach out to you at uh, susanmasonconsulting.com or find you on LinkedIn. I look forward to keeping in touch and seeing where this movement is going and talking with you more in the future. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you. That was fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. So, and thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you subscribing and checking out the podcast on a regular basis, sharing with others in your network. You know, we are all about helping people up their game and improve their capabilities in the world of talent development. And we're doing that each and every week here on the Talent Development Think Tank podcast. We also have a membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank, where we bring in guest speakers and meet on a regular basis to share best practices, share challenges, ask questions, network, and really build relationships in the world of talent development. If you're not a member, you want to come check us out. Our website is tdtt.us. You can just click on community. You'll also notice when you go to that website that we have a conference coming up near the end of the year on November 6th and 7th in Orlando, Florida. And you can get your tickets now by going to tdtt.us and clicking on conference. You can also reach out to me if you have any questions. And of course, reach out to Susan if you want to talk more about this important issue that she is working on as well. So thank you again for listening. I appreciate you. And I will talk Talk to you next time.